Hello and welcome to the Sunday Roast brought to you by the lastmovieoutpost.com your movie news, reviews and everything cool about film. Again, it's just myself and Drunk and Yoda this evening. How are you doing, mate? Happy Easter, sir. Yes, yes. It's that time of year when we remembered when we remember how Jesus defeated the Easter bunny and split it yes. open and feasted on the chocolate eggs inside. He he uh, he he went into the tomb. He died for our sins, you know. They put him in the tomb. They rolled this thing across the tomb, and when they rolled it back, if he saw his shadow, it was six more weeks of winter. So <laughs> that's how it's it six thousand more years of torture and 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 a humiliation before the public race, yeah, for the human race. Such a such a, <laughs> such a useless freaking. He died for sins. Could he die on a Monday so I get a three day weekend? <laughs> <laughs> we do get we get a four day weekend over here. Uh, we have good Friday and Easter Monday, so yeah, we have a four day weekend. Few of us get a good Friday off. I am one of the lucky ones, but most most people do not. Even the schools, the government was running on Good Friday. I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> that's that's. I can't remember a single holiday I ever got that the government wasn't already off. But there you go. <laughs> But um, yes, welcome to the Sunday Roast. Unfortunately, Sean can't be with us. He is still hiding from the FBI. And uh, Matt has got family over for Easter. Um, uh, we did suggest to him that if he lived in a sitcom, then what he would try and do is do the live stream and, you know, juggle his family at the same time in an increasingly hilarious um, group of experiences. But he, he wouldn't have it. Um, I, I can just think he know how to do it. <laughs> I was going to say, I can just see him sitting around dinner and sort of just sitting down and going, and another thing about Kathleen Kennedy. Oh, wait, hang on. <laughs> It'd be like the Mrs. Doubtfire thing where he's, you know, yeah. sits down yeah. with the dress and everything. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> oh, yes. So, yes, we're, we don't mention Matt and dress. Anyway, <laughs> so, first of all, we've got quite a few trailers to talk about because last week, Sunday and Monday, annoyingly, is when they came out, just after our live stream. It's very inconsiderate of them. Um, in no particular order. I spelled that right. Secret. That is right, isn't it? Is there an extra C in there? No, you're fine. It's sec secrete invasion. So, we don't know what it's yeah, invading, I mean, but it's definitely secreting. First, uh, at first, I thought this was a movie, but it's... Uh, I think it's only a six or an eight part series yeah uh, it's a, but it looks it looks all right well <laughs> i think it looks all right so did the quantum mania trailer right uh, yeah there is that yeah i, I mean i'm kind of like i i'm just I, i'm just really to the point i think the mcu has it's 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 gone too far. It's one of those old decrepit singers that used to be big, but now they got some shitty off main strip of Vegas at three a.m. <laughs> That's all they got left, you know. And it's buy one it's lobster, just, get one for free. Yeah, it's just sad now. You guys gotta just move on, and they don't got anything I else. Think That's the problem. Disney's got nothing else. They they are. <laughs> Well, we'll talk about Star Wars. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. But yeah. with with this, the problem I find as well is is that as as I looked at the trailer, I haven't checked the details, but I mean, Captain Marvel took place in what nineteen eighty, and that's when the Kree first landed. And then if this is after that, no, no, it took and then, it took place in ninety six. Well, 
what I'm saying is it took place a long time ago. So this is now a prequel. <laughs> You know, 1700, just... somewhere around in there. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah. It must have been because I didn't see Captain Marvel's ankles at one point. So, you know, it must have been 1700. <laughs> but with it, this whole thing is, is a prequel. It's then just kind of, right, if this is a prequel, then we know what the outcome is going to be. You know, and again, it's just kind of, the, again, they keep adding to it. And as they add more, it slowly sort of branches off. And then when you look at it, I mean... <laughs> Okay, not everything makes sense. When you look at, like, Back to the Future, you know, there's quite holes you can pick in the plot with that. But with this, it's getting to the point where it's kind of, hang on a minute, in that film, though, didn't he do that? And then they doing this in this one. And, again, it's just, oh, goodness, it's just going all over the shop. Yeah, I don't I don't know if... Yeah, it's it's so convoluted, and and this is a problem with super. This is this is something the comic book industry has been wrestling with for decades, nearly a century now. Continuity and canon, and completely. That's why DC reboots itself every ten years now. It's like that's all they can do, yeah, because it gets so messed up. And then of course they don't do it right, so they say, well, this stuff from this. This arrow was still canon, but now this stuff isn't. But then zero canon, canon, not, not, not canon, canon, canon yeah. not canon, canon, not. Yeah, how'd you decide that? Well, I got the canon. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. okay. Odd uh, number is canon. Even number isn't. Yeah, come on, <laughs> canon. Come on. <laughs> Oh, crapped out boxcars! Damn it. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. Phil's it's not haircut. a new haircut. It's just it's just longer. That's all it is. I'm the one who actually uh, got a haircut this week. Yeah, but you know, Matt, aren't you supposed it, to be like with your family or something? That's not Matt, Matt, is it? Is it? Uh, well, it says Matt, Matt. <laughs> oh right, so yes, it's it's just Matt. Right, brilliant. Well, we figured that out. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so anyway, back to Sacred Invasion again. Like I say, I don't know. I might give it a go. It looks it looks mildly interesting. But like you say, we I know we've been fooled before. Yeah, I mean, it's the the problem I have with this stuff is it's like they take these storylines that are actually very good. The Secret Invasion storyline is pretty darn good, and they're just. Oops wearing it like a skin suit in my opinion so i i mean it's not going to be what we thought it was going to be so it's it's going to be watered down or different or changed somehow uh, i mean we could yeah do you have the ahsoka trailer on here because that's a big part of that too uh yeah uh, okay well yeah there we, we got so much here guys <laughs> we had to speed run this bitch we there is yeah, there is there's quite a lot of stuff to talk about so that was Secret Invasion. Extraction 2. Now, this was one of those first... Well, the first one was quite a kind of came out of nowhere and turned out to be a, a pretty decent action flick. Yes. I The first thing I thought was like, wait, didn't he die? <laughs> they were pretty clear I that can't... he died at the end. <laughs> no, he only, it only looks like he died. That's no, the entire trailer was... The entire 
first half of the trailer was. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, he did this, so we put these, and then the nanobots, and then they uh, uh, pentagrams and sorcerers, and he's back for the dead. Yay. Well, I don't know what the <laughs> bullshit reason was, but it, it was like that was the entire first half of the trailer was, no, he's not really dead, and look, we're going to explain it, we swear. <laughs> okay. Honestly, somewhere along the line, we're going to say something that will just click. That was that was a, a trailer that basically said, "Oh shit, it was a hit." <laughs> oh crap! <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm gonna okay. right, 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 right. Well, I can imagine they did the trailer, and and then on the f- when they released the first trailer without anybody knowing, all the comments were, "Didn't he die? I thought he died. I'm sure that guy died." <laughs> oh yeah, no, we need to address that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, but the trailer looks pretty decent, and I'll tell you for what I thought about it was we just quickly broke spoke about John Wick beforehand. The action actually looks pretty good because it's all kind of back from the action, and you're actually seeing it all in you know in in one go without many cuts and stuff. And I did think, yeah, that looks that's pretty decent. Looks pretty solid. Like I say, the first one was like that. There were some really good action sequences in there. What well, there was, but it also had the you know you you really can't go wrong with the time tested trope of the really tough action, jaded world weary star, having to rescue a kid, and yes. you mentioned last week that they're redoing Man on Fire, so I went ahead and watched Man on Fire. I didn't mention that, but I did watch it this okay. this weekend, and I yeah I was I was I was drawn along with it, and it's like. When he when he reconnects with the girl, you know, especially being a parent, he reconnects with the girl and and you know rescues her finally at the end, and he's teaching her how to swim early on in the movie. It's like, oh, okay. I, and then when she gets, you're like, because it's John Wick did that. Just they did it with a puppy, so they they amped up the fucking kill them all moments <laughs> when you when you got to grab <laughs> yeah. the audience and get them with you. Uh, but you know that that trope it's, just it works, and that's what Extraction was. It was great. I was going to say, it depends on the level of cuteness to how many people die. Because uh, Dakota yes. Fanning, uh, you know, she's fairly cute, so only a few people died. Puppy, puppy was dead cute. Lots of people have got to die. Genocide. Or nuke in New York. Yeah, that's right. It, was, it wasn't just a cute little lamb. It had a little bow. <laughs> like, yeah. World domination in that case. <laughs> For the murders on that. He's just—he's yeah. just on top of a pile of skulls at the end. The Earth is a burned-out cinder. Well, I guess with, you guys are with, with, with a human head in one hand and the bow in the other. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah. So Extraction Two. Like I say, it's one of those things because he's coming straight out to Netflix. I'm—I—I I don't want to say I'm dubious about going to the cinema. I'm not bothered with going to the cinema with anything of late. So extraction, when it comes out, I'm quite happy to just sit down, you know, bucket of popcorn, my own my own drinks, cost me a hell of a lot less, and just sit down and just give it a try for a couple of hours. Do, do you think the trailer... I, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking that the trailer has really got to grab me to make me, you know... It, like, trailers need to be what they should be, which is something that really gets you compelled to go see it. And so many trailers are so crap these days like i'll admit I the did. flash trailer is compelling but it has a crutch it's bringing back michael keaton uh blue beater trailer all these other trailers i mean nothing i'm looking at going uh, i don't care i don't you know, know. so I, then i don't I must my admit, money. 
I, I must admit, I try and stay away from trailers as much as I possibly can. The only reason I'm watching these, if we're talking about them, because I don't... For me, I want to go into a film completely... I have no idea what's going to go on. No idea. And that, to me, is, is just the magic of, of, of storytelling, where you can't guess what's going to happen, you haven't read anything, there are no spoilers. And so, usually with trailers, like I say, I don't know, sometimes they do pique my interest, but like you say, like with Quantumania, they can quite happily lie to you. Um, well, that's, that is the truth. And it's, it's kind of like, okay, like 65 was almost compelling enough for me to go see it, but I, I didn't end up going to see it because I know it's going to be out in three weeks or four weeks or whatever. So what do you know? There you go. And, and it's, it's like, then I see your review and I see a couple other reviews. It's like, oh, they didn't stick the landing. It's like, well, I'm glad I didn't spend money on that. I hear what you're saying on the trailers because so many of the tra- like I remember even way back with the original Avatar, the trailer was pretty much a Cliff Notes version of the movie. It was the entire freaking you knew exactly what you yeah, were getting yeah, yeah. into. <laughs> yeah, and and too many trailers did that. They give away too much stuff in the trailer. I, the Ragnarok trailer. W- w- don't put Hulk in the trailer. That would have been such an awesome reveal yeah, in the yes, movie. Yes, yes, yeah. But they put him in the yeah, trailer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did it hook me and want me to come in? Yes, it did. But I also can't kind of forgive them for for giving away such a spoiler. So Ruining you got to walk that a, line. Yeah, such a great moment. Yeah, yeah. So you got to walk that line. You got to make it compelling. You got to want to get. You, you, it's got to be something that's going to grab me and want to get me into the seat. But if you give away too much, then I'm like, okay, well, I've seen the movie. I, I know popcorn stuffers are going to go see it anyway. I, Avatar 2 proved that to me. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Extraction 2, I looked at the trailer. I was like, because hey, I know it's coming on Netflix, so I will probably watch it. And I enjoyed the first one. I, I just The trailer looked... I mean, I can't remember a thing about it. It wasn't like any compelling other than, oh, it's the new thing I know. <laughs> yeah. Because um, again, it, uh, we're, we're living in the world where they've got to do the sequels and they've got to do the next one. And it's got to be a franchise now. I said on Twitter <laughs> the other day that it's kind of the, the, the whole superhero genre, talking about Shazam, the whole superhero genre, it's now like an episode of a sitcom where you've got your start, something happens... And then everything returns back to normal, ready for the next episode, and that's what's happening with these movies now. You know, that the, the, you know the TV series has now become like a franchise, so that it's a two-hour-long film that hopefully everybody will go and see. Scream is exactly the same. You know, that everything will just be reset at the end of it, and so you can just carry on with the next one. And if you do need to kill off characters, just bring in new ones that will that will carry it on. You know, replacement. A few too many sequels sounds actually kind of quaint nowadays. It's like, no, no, we have the sequels, and then we have the spin-off movies, and then we create the whole cinematic universe, and then we have the streaming episodes that come along with it. It's like, hey, just, just make too many sequels. That'd be wonderful if that's all you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, something... Well, actually, I'll tell you what. Let's talk about sequels. Let's put them in this order. Spider-Verse 2. I couldn't be bothered to type out the whole thing. Spider-Man and the Spider and Into the Spider-Verse Part Two. Well, it's not called Part Two, is it? It's called something else. But basically, Spider-Verse Two. I, now, I again, call it. We were just chock full of Spider-Men. <laughs> I still like um, what's his name? I think it was in Family Guy. We pronounced it Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> Phil Alan, Spider-Man. Alan, yeah, Alan Spider-Man. <laughs> um, but 
I must admit, I haven't seen this. Oh, no, I have seen this trailer. I do apologise. I saw the first one that came out because this one's a redo. But the first movie was good. And again, they've kind of teased this in the second one. But again, it's just kind of... <laughs> yeah, I, I mentioned, I think we talked about earlier, but I mentioned, it's like, okay, the first one, you had five or five different spiders. You had Gwen, you had the neo-noir, you had the pig or Spider-Man. The, the pig one. You had the, the noir Spider-Man, and yeah, yeah, down his dumps, Peter Parker, and then you had the the anime robot, the girl with the robot spider or whatever, and then you had Miles yeah. Morales, so six Spider-Men, seven if you count Peter Parker at the beginning, who died, and that was you know they were different enough, they kind of had an ensemble thing going on, it was fine, and it made it made it work, and and. The lesson they seem to get to that's like, well, if they like seven Spider-Man, how about seven million Spider-Man? Like, oh, <laughs> yes, no. <right>. no, no, no. <laughs> that's all I can say. Again, like, oh, God. From there, where can you go? You know, if they're going to do a third one, where can you go? You can, you can always dial up stuff in a sequel, but you can never dial it down again. And I mean, this was kind of the problem with Quantumania. Quantumania was kind of the launch of the... The phase five, sure, they're probably going to dial it up, but you know you can't dial it down anymore. They're just going to get bigger and better, and well, say so that's not the right expression. Are they just going to get bigger? Um, they with these scenes. Did, yeah. I remember they did one multiverse. Well, I mean, they did the mirror universe in Star Trek, but they also did one real multiverse episode in Star Trek where it was called Parallels, where Worf kept bouncing through universes because he went through some quantum space BS and then he was he quantum was, in front every, of anything it explains it yeah and then when you when you <laughs> when he got too close to Jordy's visor then he would shift universes because oh okay he, sure why not Reason, <laughs> reasons <laughs> reasons you know uh, it reminds me of like my, my my power ring only works on everything except for wood. What? Uh, so, <laughs> you know. Uh, but okay, so then they had like 8 million enterprises all appear because the, the, the barriers between realms were breaking down and they had to build it all back up and get Worf to his proper universe again. And they showed different right. versions of what happened in these universes. Like one, there was a Borg universe where the Enterprise was the only one left and they just didn't want to go back because the Borg were everywhere. One where the <laughs> Picard died. We want to go back to ours. We want to go back to the one with the with the hot naked women on the planet. They, they basically were like, he, he had this huge beard he's like, I don't want to go back. And they like fire, boom, blew him up. <laughs> Mercy killed him right there. But it's like, okay, you can kind of do a one-off like that, and then it's just kind of a cool science fiction story, and that's it. But when you build up your entire Phase 4, or you build up the Spider-Verse, where you build up the whole thing around 8 million Spider-Men, then why is Miles Morales special compared to everybody else? There's 8 million Miles Moraleses out there if you really got to take it to its logical conclusion. So it's like, yeah. I now I don't. Now I don't care. Like when he had five, it was kind of like, oh, that's a fun little thing. But now just him. I'd like to see Miles Morales just doing some street level stuff. Just doing some, yeah, just have I, his own villain that he's got to deal with. And just, that's it. Just a little nice yeah. little. I mean, yeah, know, with one or two villains. Yeah. But like that, I mean, again, that was kind of what went wrong with Ant-Man. Ant, both the Ant-Mans were kind of set in this kind of small scale 
of what happened to him and then all of a sudden it ended up in this whole other universe where he's fighting this this ultra god and everything else and it's just kind of like oh really you know i mean the first two i had a vested interest in the first one was more of a heist movie and it was just you know him against uh darren and trying to steal the yellow jacket and you know it was all nice and compact and it worked really well but then they had to sort of like go and make it epic and like i say with spider-man you know don't get me wrong spider-man's great and we love him but Again, just having him as your friendly neighbourhood Spider-Man who's having a fight, like you say, just one, maybe two bad guys, like the original Spider-Mans with Tobey Maguire, brilliant. The best, one of the best, and I actually have the original two issues, one of the best Spider-Man stories I ever read was uh, the Juggernaut was sent to get Madam Web, who is this psychic old lady that's stuck in a... Uh, life support chair she could she could do psychic stuff but she could never leave her life support chair but some some uh, i don't know his his partner sends him to go get her so they can use her psychic powers you know commit crimes and so she reaches out to spider-man and he's doing his best to stop the juggernaut and he just can't i mean it's just it's the juggernaut right and that's it that's the whole two issues of him trying to stop the juggernaut and then when the juggernaut gets there and he picks her up she passes out he's like well she's no good to me and he's like oh you piece of shit so he gets her to the hospital then the, the second ep is him trying to stop him and he finally figures out a way to stop him because he he gets he covers his eye holes on his helmet right and, right. and the guy's just pounding him and pounding him and walking and pounding him. He doesn't realize where he's walking. He walks into a uh, a wet cement foundation of a skyscraper and sinks down. And okay. it's like, how's he going to get out of there? Because until it hardens. He's, he's got to get up speed, doesn't he? To, to, yeah. To he, he has all yeah. this power. But if he's just in sludge, it's not going to really do much, yeah. you know? So he's, he's stuck for... And it's, it's a, you know, he will get out. Once it hardens, he will get out. Everybody knows that. But it's like... That was a very small, you know, intimate Spider-Man story that is one of the most well-remembered great Spider-Man stories. It's not up there with, like, Craven's Last Hunt or something, but it's a it's something that people remember. It's a good one. Um, yeah. It's a very, very good one. And it's like, just just do something like that, but no, we got to have 8 million Spider-Man running around. and, and uh, it's, it's, Okay, whatever. I and, and like you say, there's kind of no consequences to it because it's kind of like if Miles does die, that's fine, we've got another spare. Uh, quite a few of them, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so in fact, if you go down that bar, there's there's about 40 you can just put your hand on, uh, you know, sort of the, thing. The, the Council of Spider-Mans, you know. And you do yeah, have exactly. the... You, you do have the just the little Jewish guy with no powers, like, hello, I'm Phil Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. I'm not sure what I'm doing here, but it's nice to be here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Would you um, like some locks? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so moving on from that, we do have a new superhero. We do have a new superhero coming out in the form of the Blue Beetle. Uh, now, at first, I thought this was an advert for Volkswagen, uh, but it's not. Um, again, to me, the, the first main problem with this is it's got to be a young kid. Because we can't have older people doing anything good. Even though two of the biggest grossing movies that we've seen in the last 12 months are Top, um, Top Gun and John Wick 4, which have got two old people as the main stars and have done extremely well. We've got to appeal to the younger kids. And there's nothing about this I did watch a trailer and there's nothing about this so I actually thought no, on streaming when there's nothing else on I'll give it a go but 
that nothing makes me want to go and watch it. I've been irritated with Jaime Reyes forever. Not because he's a terrible character. He really isn't. But this this is like one of the first, to me, one of the first woke replacements. Although that was okay. it was back when they were actually putting effort into it. Um, so they actually created a halfway decent character. The Blue Beetle was Ted Cord, and he was kind of a he. He and Booster Gold had this kind of dynamic in the DC universe. They were good friends, and they were kind. I would call them complete jokes, but they weren't taken as seriously as you know, say a Superman or a Batman. They were both on the Justice League together back in the in the eighties when they had that great run where. Batman punches out Guy Gardner with one punch, and uh, Guy he's one of the Green Lanterns. You got it. You got it. You okay. know. You, you, you got to I'm really showing my DC geek card here, but and I'm um, really showing mine. Not yeah. Yours is expired <laughs> long ago. Point yeah. is, point is, Ted Cord was was part of the Charleston comics that was bought out by DC way back when. That included Peacemaker, included. Uh, Captain Adam, various others. And that group of characters was actually the template um, slightly modified for Watchmen. So if you look at Night Owl, Night Owl was basically Blue Beetle. He Ted Cord. He had a big beetle that he ran around in instead of a giant owl ship. Um, and he had a lot, he was a, he, he was good with gadgets and he ran his own multinational corporation. And they killed him in 2006, I think, with Identity Crisis. And then in Infinite Crisis in 2008 is when the the Scarab that Ted Cord had, but he didn't really do anything with, it attached itself to Jaime Reyes, and he became the new Blue Beetle with this... Okay. It became this whole thing with the Reach and this, this new thing. It's, it's not terrible but i just like why did you have to kill off ted cord why did he have to go i like i mean he's he's a goofy character but i kind of liked him because of the goofiness because everybody else is so self-serious especially like batman or something it's just so self-serious in dc <laughs> yeah. and not, not uh, for his sense of humor yeah <laughs> no so to me i was like i, I really like that booster gold Ted they had some fun stories together and fun moments together and they don't have that anymore because he had to go in favor of Jaime Reyes the Mexican Blue Beetle who looks like a luchador which is kind of awful if you think about it um, the mask looks like a luchador to me I, I, I don't know if that was purposeful or not but and his powers <laughs> are what they're like Iron Man with the with the the nanobots or whatever yeah, and yeah. he can make anything he wants, and he's got to. This whole trailer looked just dull to me. Like seeing that eight million times before in much yeah, better movies. Yeah. So that's the blue. Beetle. I want to see. I was going to say I want to see a superhero movie where they, where the the guy's got to get changed into the costume. I mean, even like Superman did, like in the in the revolving doors or something like that. But just sort of like, hang on, I'll be there in a second. Shoes, yeah, <laughs> you know. As opposed to the CG change. How great a moment was it when Clark Kent came up to the phone? Because that was a classic, especially in the seventies. You know, Clark Kent changes Superman yeah. in a phone booth, right? So he goes to the phone booth. Yeah. It's one of those little half booths. It's, you, you know, they're not. It's not really a booth. It's just yeah. a 
kiosk and he looks at it like god damn it and he goes to the to the revolving doors it's like how's he gonna do this and they came up with kind of a fun way of him doing it he go oh the revolving door. he changed yeah. they couldn't see him he was blurred neat fun no we don't do that anymore uh, can, it's just nanobots I, can, I was gonna say i can see clark getting, getting arrested and sort of exposure in a telephone booth <laughs> no, you don't understand. Mummy, mummy, that man's got no clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta save Lois. Sure, sure. Come on, guy. Come on, guy. What are you doing? Come on, I gotta go. And then Lois. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so on now with a very strange t- trailer that came out. <laughs> Um, Sean's not with us today, but Sean said he wants to see this movie, ironically. And I, I think that's kind of the only way you are going to watch it. I watched the trailer, and... <laughs> yeah! <laughs> you know, the thing that got me was, is just previous, about a week or so ago, I watched Drive again um, with uh, Ryan Gosling in. And sort of, what a cool actor he is i mean the guy is good looking he's cool he's awesome and then watching him in this he's just kind of huh hmm (laughs) it's really bizarre well i guess all the diverse kens are better than the straight white ken i guess (laughs) i don't know maybe maybe i'm reading into it that's possible but it's like I didn't need to see them going on for 20 minutes about a beach off i'm gonna beat you off beach off yeah I was like, oh, is is that the humor? But I was, I, I, I put in the comments. I was like, this made my soul bleed. I, I just don't understand what I'm looking at here. It, it, I want to watch it out of morbid fascination of just what possessed somebody to sort of. I, I can't imagine Ryan Gosling's manager on the phone to him saying, "Okay, got a script here. Uh, you're going to like this. Um, how can I describe it? Uh, you know, just sort of." And then Ryan Gosling sort of going, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, we'll do that. It's just, it's bizarre. I guess, I, I'll give it credit, it didn't give away enough in the trailer. I have no idea yeah, what the no, hell is going true. on here. Huh. Hey, you guys in the comments, yeah. did you watch the Barbie trailer? I mean, what do you, I, I, I honestly don't know what to make out of this thing. I don't know what I'm looking at. It's, it's clearly not aimed at me, and I can accept that. <laughs> But I don't well, know. The thing is, what I don't want to take my daughter. I don't think. Yeah, I was going to say the, the weird thing is, I don't think they're going to want to take to see people's daughters. But I think grown men are going to want to take to, their daughters to see it, so they just don't look weird if they're sat there by themselves. <laughs> you know, so yeah. Oh, you, you can. Did, did yeah, you see the meme? The yeah. Did you uh, see the <laughs> meme where it shows like who it's aimed at? Shows little girls playing with dogs. With their, and who's actually yeah. she's a creepy guy to move there going, uh, and it goes and it shows Sean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm just, I was just, I'm like, why if you watch that trailer and you see them going on for 20 minutes about beaching each other off, which is clear what the joke is, but then you, you know, it's like, I'm not gonna take my daughter, down. I don't have to explain that joke. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Why were you giggling, Daddy? Because oh, uh, um, oh. <laughs> then you can't I mean, say anything good about it, because then she'll just go and use the expression, you know, and, and thinking it's completely harmless. My favourite one wonder- of that is I, I remember somebody... I was going to say, I remember a kid telling his dad that S&M, um, I think it's, it meant something like sandwiches in mash or something or other, 
Um, <laughs> and so, of course, he invited his friends over, sort of saying, hey, Bill and Joan, do you want to come over for some SMN? <laughs> you know, yeah. So. That's the problem. You so, lie about it, and then it, it gets you. It gets uh, you. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I'm looking at it like, like I said, I know it's not aimed for me, but when you see jokes like that, then you, it's it's like Velma. It's like, who is this aimed for, exactly? <laughs> and I, I, as kind of a side note, I mean, I'm looking at how well Mario is doing. Um, now, mm. I don't... Everything I'm hearing is that this is a kid's movie. If you're going into it like a big nostalgia thing, because you played Super Mario Brothers on the NES back in 1986 or whatever, you're not... This is not for you. This is for kids who have been playing it for the last 10 years or so. And how Mario has grown and expanded and all that. And then it's very, very wholesome, nice kids movie. And then... Go go ahead. I was just going to say, I've read some people that have gone to see it. And they did say it's kind of fun of member berries in a good way. It it does have some, sure. Yeah. But the overall... Like the adults will get the member berries, but the kids will just love what they're seeing. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, yeah. there's nothing. There's no. There's no beach off jokes. Is what I'm saying. And then I guess Nintendo came in during the. They they were Universal was going to do it as it was the Princess Peach show, and Mario was a big loser who had to be taught everything. And that they said, no, you're not going to do that. Mario, this is Super Mario Brothers, not Super Princess Peach. And you are going to do it correctly. And yeah. and force them to redo this thing. And apparently, the response, well, it's it's interesting because the response has been, oh, uh, the, the, all the critics hate it and all the people love it. And it's going to make $300, $400 million worldwide. It's going to make $150, $175 million domestic. It's already made back its budget, because I think the budget was $100 million. Now, you okay, double that for marketing, maybe. But even at $200 million, if it's already made $395 million in its first freaking weekend. Happy days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's an anti... The, the Midnight's Edge guy said there was only one woke moment in it, and it was that Princess Peach could get through the training thing immediately, and Mario had a real tough time. And that was it. And he says that's not good because it just teaches boys that they can't do anything and women can always do things better. And that teaches girls to have really unrealistic expectations. And next thing you know, you see you see one of those YouTube videos where the girl is coming up on a guy, gives him a sock, and the dude just lays her out. And she's like looking around going, what the hell just happened? <laughs> <laughs> I think I need an ambulance. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a bad message because real life has a problem with that um yeah you you just set yourself up for bad bad moments but the rest of the movie isn't like that the rest of the movie is they the the way they strive is great it's for the kids it's a kids movie but it's it's nice to be able to take your kids to it what i took away from that is like you know how many times have i said what do our kids have that like when we grew up we can name 15 properties that we loved or movies yeah. that we loved, that we still love today. And it's like, you look at the sludge that comes out in the last 10 years, like, what do the kids have in the last 10 years? It sounds like this Mario Brothers is something that they're going to have, and that's great. I'm, I'm, I'm happy yeah, yeah. that that's the way. Barbie? Yeah. I know. <laughs> Somebody's going to Miss- be happy. Uh, <laughs> and I, I imagine it's the people not cleaning up in the cinema afterwards. Um, 
okay, so let's 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 start, let's let's move away from that. I think we're going to segue into something different. So we're going to talk about Picard first of all, and then we can go into the Mandalorian and go into the Star Wars stuff. Now, Picard, I've still not watched any of it, but your review. What would you what would you make of the last episode? Episode was it six or seven? Six, eight. Oh, <laughs> is that the end then? No, it's got two more episodes. Oh, okay, 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 okay. But uh, yeah, what what did you make of this last episode then? Episode eight. So I I I tried to articulate this last time. I don't think I did a very good job about it. And Red Letter Media did the last three episodes and their hour long thing about it. I think they articulated what I was trying to say, which is there's the Trek brain and then there's the dramatic brain, right? There's there's a satisfying story element. And this is what I wrote in my review even before that Red Letter Media came out. There's a lot of dumbness in season three. I, I, I can't get around that. But that doesn't mean, one, that it's woke. And two, that there isn't dumbness in the original stuff there was there's plenty yeah. of dumb yeah, 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 yeah. stuff that we love and sometimes people people don't seem to seem to think that because we love the original we think they're perfect and everything else it's like no they're not we know they're not that's fine it's fine that they're not you know but we yeah. just take them kind of you know yeah you know you, you can accept a few a few sort of suspensions of disbelief you're allowed to accept that yeah and so there's things in here some of it i think it's budgetary reasons some of it is I mean, there's there's things that happen in this episode that there's like, like okay, the dramatic, satisfying thing, and and the theme throughout the entire Picard series is reconnection. Picard's connecting with his son. Picard's reconnecting with Beverly. Uh, Beverly, re, you know, has a moment with Deanna. Deanna reconnecting with Riker, fixing their marriage. Riker connecting with you know LaForge reconnecting with his daughter. And you have unresolved stuff that you're bringing up. Picard reconnecting with Roe, which I think was greatly done. And now you have, and then you had uh, Data reconnecting with Lore and kind of putting that thing to bed. Because it was kind of left... It wasn't really left very satisfying in the series, you know. And this... So from a Trek brain point of view, it's like... Why the f would you put lore into this android body? Um, he gives some sort of dumbass explanation. It's like, why would just put data in there and make data? That's what you would actually do. But yeah. he puts lore, he puts B four, he puts a little bit of himself, and he puts data in there, trying to to have them all come together and make a a better data. That's that's the explanation, which isn't the worst, but. From a dramatic point of view, from an emotional thematic point of view, watching Data get the best of lore and them, you know, figuring it out and him coming together and then coming out of this as 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 a reborn Data, and it isn't just like it's kind of like like people had a problem with Spock coming back in Search for Spock, and I don't. I think it's great because you say, well, Spock went out perfectly. Yes, he did, but. It wasn't just like, oh, we just picked him up off the planet and put him over on Vulcan and they did the thing and it was done in five minutes. No. <laughs> yeah. Kirk the, the had whole, the the, I was going to say, the whole movie was kind of based around the whole... You know, I mean, literally, right. this for Spock is what it's called. But yeah, like you say, it's not just pick him up, everything's fine. There no, was obviously fact, a lot 
to go through. Sacrifice. There was sacrifice. Yeah. Kirk had to sacrifice his career, his ship, and his son. Yeah. To bring back his best friend. His and friends did the same. And yeah. Yeah. And his friends did the same. So it was satisfying. And so Data having to reclaim himself and to go through all that with lore and for them to, you know, have these dramatic moments from a story standpoint makes a lot of sense. From a logical Trek techno brain standpoint, it's stupid. <laughs> it's dumbness. Right. But you know, I don't care. I don't care because the 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 emotional moments for me have outweighed the dumbness. Now, I gave episode seven a lower score because I think the dumbness outweighed the story moments. Um, when you're seeing Vatic talk about her experience with Section Thirty One, I'm like, I'm questioning why they're keeping her prisoner, why they're torturing her, why they're using gurneys with wheels, why they're using hyperdermic. You know, I, it's just it's, 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 yeah, yeah. When we said that, yeah, it's a balance, right? It's like dumbness and, and story, dumbness, it's dumbness, stuff dumbness. You can overlook. If it's the other way, yeah, just it, okay, yeah, I can yeah, deal yeah. with the dumbness yeah. because the story and the compelling parts are working better. So they had a very satisfying ending, and then they all came around the conference table at the end to have the first, you know, the, the the entire big seven of the TNG crew sits around a conference table to talk about what their next move is and how they're going to strategize and everything. And it's kind of like, ah, oh. and you feel like they earned it and you feel like it worked. You, you can nitpick some of the dumbness all over the place. Why is Rafi cutting apart changelings with a sword? Because it's a big, dramatic, cool, kick-ass moment. But if you think about it for five seconds, it's the dumbest <laughs> damn thing in the world. Just, and then Worf, he's just murdering people. Everybody's just murdering people. I mean, there's some moral moments I do have questions about that I'm really a little... Uh, I... I, I I'm having trouble getting past a couple of these moral moments. We got well, Eggy and I will definitely, and if you want to, we'll all talk about it later. But the point is, is that the dumbness is not outweighing the story and what they're trying to do. I think just a little story tightening and everything, and some of it is it can't be helped because of the nature of the episode, and they're not filming it on location out in the city. Like they were in season two. <laughs> yeah. It's all on sets. It's all bo- you don't even see other bridges. You know, even even TNG would have another bridge once in a while. You know, or show you somebody <laughs> else. They would they would you know throw up a, some wallpaper or something and say no, it's not the it's not the yeah. Enterprise Bridge. It's the Yamato. <laughs> you know, and then the, 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 the sign would start peeling off, and he's like, oh no, just you know, just gonna we're, stand here. <laughs> different set. Yeah, I mean, they put, you know, they could do that. They can't do that here. You got 10 episodes. You just don't have the budget. I get it. That's why I think half of his film's so dark, um, you know, to, to cover up any seams. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's a hot, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the ship, the, the ship that they had the first two on, the, I forget what the name of it is, it's some Hispanic name, but uh, it's gone for some reason. Well, from what I understand, they had to reuse that set to make the other set. So they couldn't keep that set. So now they just kind of like, and yeah, they use it once in a while, but you'll never see it again because we're in the last two episodes, right? Uh, So I can kind of understand all that, but it's like, at what point do you let go of the hatred for the corporations and do you enjoy the show for what it is and... Where is your dumbness to enjoyment factor? Where does the where does it yeah. shift from one to the other? I think everybody has a different threshold of pain for that. I can't I can't 
tell you what your threshold of pain for that is because the dumbness is there. If that pisses yeah. you off more than the enjoyable character moments, then okay, I, I, you're not wrong for what you like. No, it's it is like I say, it is weird though because like I mean, you know, when you think sometimes if you overthink things, and I think this has been the problem with all the Star Wars stuff I've been watching. I've been overthinking it, and because I've been overthinking it, I you see what I think are, are dumbness, and 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 sometimes you can just ignore it, like you say, and just sort of think, oh, that's pretty stupid, but no, I crack on. But then. Like in um, Obi-Wan, you know, with Princess Leia running away from four fully grown men and everything else, your brain just goes, no, that's that's just too dumb. That's too dumb. (laughs) You know, and it just completely takes you out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, look, season three of Picard, I think, is very, very good. It's good television. Um from a from a old Star Trek. I mean, <clears throat> you've heard me talk enough. <laughs> I think I've got my Star Trek bona fides established. Um, <laughs> clearly, I, there's a lot of things that I notice that I don't like. But there's been things in a lot of the movies that I've noticed I don't like. Um, Star Trek: First Contact is the best one. It has some absurd dumbness all the way through it, and it still works because I have a lot of history with the character, and I have. I am with Picard on his emotional journey with that, even though that was probably already thrown out the window from an earlier episode of Next Generation. It's still, it's like, it's fine because we, you know, I like it. Um, The other two movies, Baku, Shins, I don't care. I don't care at all. I, yeah. I kind of care about generations because we have that one moment with Picard and Kirk on horseback races. Don't let him ever replace you. Don't ever retire. That's a nice moment. The rest of the movie is dumb, 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 dumb. So that's yeah. it's not outweighed, but at least I care somewhat a little bit. There's a heartbeat. Boop. But everything else, this, the next generation of movies yeah. have been terrible because there's nothing compelling. This season is the next generation movie we should have had. And at least there's that. So there you go. Okie doke. So now moving on to The Mandalorian, episode six. Mandalorian. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I wouldn't bother. It doesn't deserve a, high, a good spelling. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. Um, so wait, hang on. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix this. It's going to be smooth as bar. Mando. Wait for the other shoe to drop. I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. Um, I I went in with this with low expectations, as I do every week. I didn't want to watch it, to be perfectly honest, but Matt didn't want to watch it. um, Stark was away. Didn't hear from you. So I was like, right, fine, I'll watch it. Um. It started off okay. They're obviously going to go and look for the other Mandalorians. Happy days. This you know could now get interesting. The other Mandalorians are off. Oh no, that's right. Because it st- <laughs> it started off with a little love story, and the Mandalorians have been hired to bring back this Mon Calmarian to who had fallen in love with a squid face. And and at, at first I was like, right, okay. But the Mandos are there, and and then the episode when they got to the city and they met up with what I'm going to say is. The fat chick and Jack Black, because I had no idea who the fat chick was, and I was just 
Lizzo. Right. Well, it was only the end of the episode when I, her name came up that I kind of went, that explains why it was so bad. Because, I mean, she's a terrible actress. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible actress. If you look up Lizzo in the Urban Dictionary, it means can't act. Yeah. It's just, it was. And like I say, I genuinely had no idea who she was until the end credits. But the whole episode was just, again, filler of quest, go here, and all this lot. Um, my favourite point that somebody brought out, which I didn't bring out in the review that I wrote, is how these. Uh, you had that scene with Christopher Lloyd, and it was like, oh, it's Christopher Lloyd. And I was thinking, oh, he's in this episode. God, they and, ruined him the, too. <laughs> But they had all these, you know, battle droids, and then they were showing, like, literally video clips where you could have had a laughter soundtrack over them of the battle droid carrying the shopping, and, oh, no, he's dropped it all, and, uh... And, and it was just like, right, OK. And then um, they go and find these... The, uh, the B2 battle droids, which are the bigger ones, and he, he kind of kicks one, and then it resets to default settings, which is to run away for its life. And it's like... I'm pretty sure it's a battle droid. I think what they're programmed for is to just kill, not run away, you know? <laughs> Activate the B2 battle droids. Oh, sir, they've all run off, sir. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, bit of a, and and just, you know, like I say, the whole thing, and then the whole end of it, the whole, okay, so, loophole, she can have the sword if she picked it up from the bloke who stole it and then killed the man who stole it, and so she won the battle. And everybody goes... Yeah, all right. Yeah, no, that'll, that'll do. Yeah, she's the new leader. And it was just, it was just, it was so, it was so bad. What did you make of it? Because you haven't said anything about it, like, all week. No, I haven't. Um, kind Still of, in shock, or? A <laughs> little bit. I Okay, so here's the thing. I, I, I looked at this. I, I got a feeling that there is an actual talented writer crying somewhere. Because... <laughs> If you take it from its skeletal structure, okay, Mando and Bo-Katan need to get to the Mandalorians. In order to do that, they have to do a film noir detective story. And at the beginning, you show the Mandalorians that are out there. You you do this thing, and the purpose of it. Why why do you do this thing with the with the the Quarren and the Mon Love story. Yeah. yeah, but but what's the purpose of that scene? The purpose of that scene is we got to show that the Mandalorians are out there, they're doing their thing, but they're not evil. They haven't they haven't gone no. evil or anything. They're just they're just a little aimless. So how would you? They're, they're getting paid, right? But they don't. They yeah. need they need guidance. They need they need a purpose. Just going out and getting money is not not good enough. Not for for one guy, Boba Fett. Yeah, fine. But for the entire this entire group of Mandalorians that have left Bo Katan, you gotta show something that shows that they are a little lost. They're doing their thing, they're not evil, but they probably could be doing better. Okay, that's the purpose of the scene. Fine. What scene did you write? Well, I guess it fulfills that, but it does it in the most cringy, ham fisted way with this weird Loves that. I mean, it's pulled out of the outrageous Okana from Star Trek. Yes, I'm referencing Star Trek again. That is one of the worst episodes that were ever made. Oh, this the stupid Romeo and Juliet bullshit. 
And I'm like, oh, what do you, there's there's a hundred different ways to do this, you know? You could you, what you should be showing is them getting in a situation where they have to murder somebody that they didn't want they were supposed to capture and they had no choice and it gives them yeah. a crisis of conscience you know we have lost our yeah. way or something that would have been compelling right that's how you do that yeah. still serves the same purpose then i look at the say it's like okay let's have mando and and bo-katan do a film noir scene they got to solve the mystery of malfunctioning droids so what do you do when you show the malfunctioning droids you show the malfunctioning droids hurting people you know, you, you give yeah. them some gravity, right? You don't show them, you know, cutting food and then going, like like it's from, uh, so what, what's the one, uh, Wally, where, where it goes berserk, <laughs> yeah. you know? And you, you, you shouldn't be laughing at this stuff. And you should have a beleaguered uh, people, like, uh, they shouldn't be, like, having no problems whatsoever. They should be like, okay, these droids are getting out of hand. We're beleaguered. People are getting hurt. We don't have the nice way of life that we used to. Show some consequences that it's affecting them, right? Yeah, yeah. But no, Not we got to have shopping. Yeah, but no, we got to have stunt casting. And we got to have Lizzo, and we got to have Jack Black, and we got to bring poor Christopher Lloyd because apparently he's got some bills to pay, and we got to make this thing look like SNL. And uh, it's it's so badly shot. Do you notice, like in that one scene where she's where Lizzo is dressing down Christopher Lloyd in this really horrible, terrible speech, and you see whoever is in the Mando suit because I'm pretty sure it is a Pedro Pascal, but you do see Katie Sackoff, and she is just looking like her soul's dying. She looks like yeah. Harrison Ford in the Holiday Special, just just. <laughs> yeah. Wondering what the fuck has happened to her career, and I, I can imagine, I, I can imagine, like on set when this, when they first met, you know, Lizzo's like, "Oh wow, well, it's great to meet you in Oslo," and Katie Sackoff is just like, "Yeah, it's great to see you too." I don't know, I don't know, <laughs> like, I can see the beats of what they are trying to accomplish, and what they are trying to accomplish is not necessarily terrible. Uh, I do think that if you're going to make a Mandalorian show, then don't make Bo-Katan your main character. But that yeah. could even be done if it's done from his perspective. You can do that. It's tough. It takes a writer with some talent, but it could be done. But it's that's not what's happening here. It's all done hacky and terrible. It's, it's clear that they don't give a crap about the... Uh, the photography or anything it looks like garbage and they're doing the most half-assed way of getting to these plot points that you do need to get to i don't think like this is this reminds me a little bit of the prequels like there's a skeletal structure here i see where they're going i see what they're trying to do mm, but it's yeah. the execution that is completely terrible so now i'm looking at it like i'm just mystified it's like was this woke i don't even know i don't even know what this is <laughs> It was it was it, like on such a level of bad. I I, I honestly I I, I I it was difficult for me to put into words because I just it was it was terrible. Now, I, mean, I honestly saw. On, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go no, no, no. Go on. No, go on. Go on. Go on. I was gonna say I honestly saw a talented screenwriter writing out the the outline of something that probably could have made sense and been good if you had put the right tone and structure to it right and that they took that and the suits took it says we need lizzo in it and and it just ballooned out from there 
<laughs> that's not a fat joke, but still, uh, it just went and and the guy's like, ah, oh, screw this. Why am I even working on this shit? I, you know, they take my script and they turn it into this sludge. I, I honestly, that's that's what I felt like. Like somebody's like, because yeah. like a film noir thing, solving the mystery of droids malfunctioning. That's not a terrible idea. It was the no. execution that was so ridiculous. I think somebody else said as well on the comments that it was kind of like I had a Scooby-Doo feel when you found out it was Christopher Lloyd. And again, <laughs> it was literally sort of like and he would have gotten away with it as well if it wasn't for these meddling Mandalorians. <laughs> you know, and again, I did think to myself it was and, just... And they're, and they're <sighs> dumb Yoda. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yoda do do said... Stark said that it was it was a joke and it was kind of a joke based on Demolition Man, and I didn't. The see thing that is, is I, I didn't see it until he said it, and I kind of thought, right, okay, I can, I can see where he's coming from, but at the same time, I thought to myself, but what's the point? I a joke in Friends, yeah, I'm quite happy with that, but putting a joke in the Mandalorian like that, what what was the point? There was it was it, it was just if you're going honestly, to do. Demolition Man, you got to have some satire. There was no satire here. It was just really awful writing and execution, bad tone. It's like I, it would bother me so much is like I'm looking at the story, like like I said, basic outline story structure. I was like, this yeah. could have been. This is not unreasonable, you know. Yeah. A film noir gets you to the Mandalorians, fine. But you didn't treat it that way. You treated it like. A, like a farce. You, you can't even... The, and the, the thing that gets me as well, and I'm going to bring this up, but on uh, social media, particularly on Twitter, people are saying how brilliant the episode was and how Bryce Dallas Howard should direct a Star Wars movie. <laughs> Could do that with a straight face. <laughs> and again, it's just like... I, I, I honestly think people's expectations and standards of entertainment are so low these days that even when they are sound up this absolute dog swill, that they actually think it's good. And I, I just, I can't I don't believe get it, it in my head. I don't, I don't believe it. I don't believe when I see no. all this stuff. It's either, it's either marketing departments or paid people or influencers. No, do you know what? I, I genuinely, no, there's I a few. Say, I, ge- I, I, I don't, I, you look, there's a lot that are, I really think the bots of, are, I, I, there, there's probably a few. I'm sure there's people that love the prequels. But I'm saying that the numbers are minuscule compared to... You can't lie about the Nielsen numbers on Mandalorian. It's like yeah. 40% yeah. of what it what used to be. It's, it's, it's that bad, and it's dwindling every week. I mean, they couldn't even get the first episode off the ground. It, it was so bad <laughs> as far as ratings. So I don't buy that... There's this huge amount of people. I think they're just a noisy amount of people who know how to make bots. And I think marketing departments are doing this. Uh, I think they have all kinds of sock puppet accounts out there. I don't I, buy I, most I, of it. I was going to say, no, I was going to say, I genuinely, but I genuinely see people who genuinely love the whole thing. I got I nearly got into an argument with somebody on Twitter today because um, the kid who played um, Leia in Obi Wan came out on stage. Uh, the Star Wars celebration with Obi Wan, without Ewan McGregor, even not Obi Wan because he's not real. Um, <laughs> but they came out, and I said something like, "I wonder if um, Ewan McGregor had to sort of play second stage to her, like he did in the series." 
And loads of people came back saying, what are you talking about? He didn't play second fiddle to an Ursa. And I was like, you did watch the series, right? <laughs> you yeah. Know, and somebody somebody actually took a thing of how much screen time Ewan McGregor had and how much screen time she had, and he had almost double. And I was like, right, that means nothing. <laughs> what I'm saying is in the script... And, and, but there are people who, who genuinely think Obi Wan was the, it's, it's, one of the best series they've done. It's not, it's not a math equation, you idiots. It's not how it works. <laughs> I know. Uh, it did make me laugh. I would nearly reply to him, but I remembered Mark Twain, who said, "Never argue with a stupid person because they'll just drag you down to their level and beat you with experience." So, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah. I mean, there is a a dearth of the ability to think critically and there is yeah. too many people who just suck the corporate dick i mean i'm sorry but that's uh, that's what they do they just anything that has i, I it reminds Ooh, me this has got star wars written on it so it's good it's got star, yeah. wars, star wars written on it so it's good it's great yeah. this, this is why i wear this shirt all the time now you know <laughs> this is the 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 screaming charlie brown just, yeah Ang- anguish in the darkness, uh, but uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't understand. I, I don't understand why people have such a low threshold of, or or, or don't demand more quality. Yeah, or, that's, that's, but that, this is this is the whole thing right now, right? I mean, we've got so many weird religious cults out there, for whatever it is. Some are more dangerous than others, but they that, that I mean. It's a cult. These people that love this yeah. corporate swill. That I, I mean, I honestly believe you're a cultist because you don't know how to think critically anymore. I love Star Wars, no. you know, and I'm giving things a chance. I'm giving, you know, yeah. Picard a I, chance, I still... and I'm being rewarded for season three. But that doesn't mean I think season one and season two isn't garbage swill nonsense. It's the same with, with Mando. Don't get me wrong. I mean, people keep saying that this, this stuff comes out, don't watch it. And I was like, I can't help but watch it. I want to watch it in case it's good. I, I, I really want to believe it's going to be good. But just every time they fool me, you know, and, and like when they're saying about new movies coming out and stuff, I know my mate is going to contact me at some point in time and say, you know, Return of the Jedi's returning to the cinema. Um, do you want to go and see it? And I'm kind of, I, I do want to go and see it because we've had a long tradition of doing this. But it's the special edition, and I don't really want to watch the special edition in the cinema. <laughs> you know, I'd much rather stay at home and watch my original cut of it. You, you don't want to see that that Yuzum's adenoids as he screams into the camera? You don't want to see that? I don't know why. It's, I, I, it's, 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 it's all... I, I, we have we have got we have got a lot of anger to get through so <laughs> yeah let's let's move on indiana jones 5 has a new trailer speaking of rage i i, I did you see my comment i must admit oh no i was gonna say i i did watch the trailer and i did think to myself that actually looks better than the first one i didn't see what your comment was no what was it um, it's probably at the top of the best if you hang on, hang on, let's, let's have a look, have a look. I'm just going to click on it uh, so your comment was oh yes <laughs> yes I did that, I'm not going to repeat it because I don't like foul language but that's yes, a lot of F-bombs <laughs> that's capitalism um, I said, that, so that's 60, capitalism 60. I, was, I just lost it, I was like that was me, that, that was what I actually was thinking when I when you said that so it's like you stole it from me. I stole it from you. And it's like, well, that's capitalism. Like, oh, 
F off. Read a book. Google something. You morons. You're not exactly giving away the tickets, are you? No, I didn't think so. <laughs> Shut I, up. I, do you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if Disney did that, because then they said then they could turn around and say they had the biggest box office smash of all time. They yeah, can't. You gave away the tickets. <laughs> it's what, no, that's what I'm saying. You know, if, <laughs> they're losing um, enough money. They can't give away the tickets. No, that's true. Yeah, they are losing money. But again, Indiana Jones. I want to watch it because I, I genuinely think, and I'm saying this like in a very roundabout way, but I genuinely think that Doomcock has saved it. That Doomcock has, because he leaked the information and the backlash from it, that Kathleen Kennedy has had to do a 180 on the ending. And so I'm interested in that regard. But other than that, to me, Indiana Jones is the perfect trilogy. Perfect trilogy, which ended in the most perfect way you could possibly imagine. And yeah. anything else from that, it's just, you know, four was desperate attempts it's, it's not, at relevance. Yeah, and it just wasn't. It wasn't entertaining. It wasn't fun. It went too far. I kind of. I always liked the fact that there was always that kind of supernatural element within the Indiana Jones movies. But you always believed it. Opening the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, demons could come out and kill everyone. And even with the, you know, the the seven hundred year old night and stuff, you could still believe it. But the whole alien spaceship thing, it was just like that's too far, too far now, <laughs> you know. Yeah, they lost me at nuke the fridge. <laughs> that's where I was done. I was oh god. I I mean I know that there's a lot of BS in the first three. You know, if if this was real, this would I do be... know that. Sorry, I do know that, Matt, but. I still say that some of his sources are reliable. And so some of what he said, I think, is true. And so with Indiana Jones, uh, like I say, it's going to be interesting to see. Ultimately, as long as it's Kathleen Kennedy's last movie, that's all we care about. For those of you on audio, uh, Matt said Doomcock is full of S and he's not wrong. Um, Yeah. I I, I mean, I get Doomcock's one of those guys. It's like, don't. Don't stop helping me, <laughs> you know. Stop being <laughs> yeah, on yeah. my side. <laughs> it's 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 just I, I get where he's coming from, and and again I think this is where I I start departing from a lot of people that are anti woke or whatever you want to call it. Um, it, it. It's it's we all come by our anger and our criticisms honestly, but where we take it is the important thing, and if we. If we just say everything is shit all the time, no matter what they do, it, we we are no better than the woke, in my opinion. I, I'm exactly the same with Doomcock, though. I I hate the fact that he just he hates it no matter what. In the same way that some people love Star Wars no matter what, Doomcock hates like Picard no matter what. And if you yeah. support series three, you're supporting one and two, and you're supporting Kurtzman and this lot, and it's kind of mate you can change your mind on this if season three is quite good it's perfectly right for you to do a u-turn and say do you know what season three was actually quite decent and i was wrong it's it's fine to do that but well he just i won't. mean if he really doesn't like it he doesn't like it i mean i can't tell you know I, I can't tell him what he likes or doesn't like it i can't yeah. assume that he's lying about it but and there is a part of me he's not wrong into in insofar as 
if I like season three, I'm supporting it. I'm supporting Kurtzman because Kurtzman's now coming out with the stupid Starfleet Academy. You know that's going to be woke as hell. So, I, I, I he he's he's right accidentally. If that makes any sense, he's yeah. right for yeah, the wrong yeah, reasons. Yeah, yeah. Like if you say enough stuff, some of it's got to be right sooner or later. It's like conspiracy yeah. theories. You th- if you believe in enough of them, one of them has got to be true. <laughs> there certainly is a concern that um, the corporations will get all the wrong ideas from Picard season three. Will get all the learn all the wrong lessons from season three, and that's how we'll end up with with Starfleet Academy, which Kurtzman will take full credit for season three and all that. And, and I don't know what to do about that, guys. I really don't. I'm like going, okay, I note, I, I can say to everybody, Terry Metalis is running season three. Kurtzman's had nothing to do with it. He's doing a good job. Not everything is perfect. I've called out some of the things I don't think are perfect. But overall, it's a it's a very good Star Trek story. How, what do I do if, if another guy's going to take credit for that? I, I don't, okay, I, I guess, but I got to tell the truth. I don't know what yeah. else to do. So I don't know how to. I don't know how to. You know what do we do? I mean, if you got, if anybody's got a solution, great. Do it. Do we march on <laughs> Paramount? I don't know. But I mean, but again, the best I could do is if it sucks, I cancel my Paramount subscription and I'm out. That's what I mean, though. With with Doomcock, whether he did throw enough stuff out of there and enough people listened, and so that Paramount did turn around and sort of say, actually, you know. Um, yeah, it's Paramount, isn't it? Sorry, I was just on here, just like having a brain fart then. Um, you know, whether they have turned around and said to Kathleen Kennedy, no, we can't end it like this. We've got to change it because of the backlash we've already had. It, Are you talking about Indiana Jones? Yeah, sorry, we're coming back to Indiana Jones. Disney. Originally started on. Not Paramount, Disney. Oh, of course it is. No, yeah, sorry. Yeah, but they have the, the Paramount I'm the Paramount one who got logos. no sleep last night. <laughs> been a long day um but with it like i say they may have actually done a u-turn and actually changed it and i know mangold has said we haven't done any reshoots for the ending or anything else but it's not like directors haven't lied to us before and i just think yeah i i want to go and see it and i want to hope it's good but i've just i mean mangold is a good director you know he's he's I, i can i can't name a film that he's put a bad step wrong all of his films are rewatchable they're great but I do think to myself, he's up against the might of Disney, and he's up against the might of Kathleen Kennedy, who's been sticking a roar in. So I have no idea what's going to happen. Well, I mean, you know, once you sign the contract, what do you do, right? Like, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going to find it interesting when the, the NDA or whatever runs out on Star Wars for, especially guys like. Uh, uh, who played Finn? Um, oh, John Boyega. John Boyega, and um, and probably Mangold and some of these other guys. Like like when it runs out, I I would really love to hear how uh, the poor guy that directed what actually happened Rogue okay. One. Yeah. Well, J.J. Abrams. Oh, uh, I, Gareth, I, I think Gareth, he's yeah. Gareth Edwards is going to have a lot to talk about yeah. because that. You watch that trailer, and there's like maybe three seconds of that trailer that are in the actual goddamn movie. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. it's it got it got torn to shreds, and I don't know. There was so much rewrites and everything. Phil Lord and and uh, Miller and Lord, I think they're going to have some yeah. stuff to talk about because of what happened with Solo. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, 
Ron Howard, he's been a Lucasfilm guy forever. He's not going to betray him. J.J. Um, Abrams, he's a shill from his own company is a shill, so I don't see him betraying anything. Uh, but uh, some of these guys, I, I think there's going to be some stories come out when all the dust settles one day. I, I'm, I'm going to be really interested in it's, seeing those it's gonna be yeah like you say it's gonna be interesting so let's move on to some other star wars stuff do we have to ahsoka trailer yes again watching this trailer i actually thought to myself this looks okay a bit female centric i think somebody made in the comments that a few people are gonna not like it because and i did keep thinking there is a lot of women in this uh which is fine depending on how it's done but I, I'm under the impression that both Dave Filoni and John Favreau have been putting most of their efforts into Ahsoka so it might actually be quite decent well I certainly haven't been putting it into Mandalorian season 3 so <laughs> um, so uh, did you watch Rebels? not yet it's still kind of on my list of things I'm slowly crawling through okay you may want to it's still to. too kiddish it's still too kiddish for me, <laughs> so I'm this, finding it hard to get my teeth into. This show is clearly a rebel sequel. Those two women okay. characters, the yeah. one with the hair. Oh yeah, and Hera. Uh, yeah, Harris and they're, they're both. You know, they're both yeah. main characters of rebels. This is all about Thrawn was in Rebels. Yeah, and the ending left it kind of ambiguous. And then it did say at the end of rebels it was like they went through the war and after return of the jedi ahsoka came back to hera to go find ezra bridger i'm assuming that that's what it's going to be about but man i was just i i just went oh no no i was watching this and it's like they're clearly doing the thrawn trilogy timothy zahn's <laughs> trilogy See, and this is what now really annoys me because we're going to go on to that as well. But <sighs> I have read the Thrawn trilogy and I loved it. And if they too. had made that, if they had made that into the sequel trilogy, they would have had an absolute smash hit on their hands. But they, they were. They went and, that trailer was so blatant about it. It's like they, she, she actually looks into the camera. And it's like we need to find Thrawn. He's coming back because he's going to be heir to the empire I'm like, oh no the problem is is somebody made a comment on um on social media somewhere they said that if he's now the heir to the empire what about the whole snoke and then palpatine returning thing that kind of blows that out of the water you know that it's kind of like everybody's near to the empire because technically Ray is because she's you know her granddad was one of them. No, 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 no. They don't care about that. This is thing you know. Heir to the empire is thing you know and thing you love. So we're gonna wear it like a skin suit. I'm sorry. I I I like Dave Filoni. I think he's done a good job. He may do a good job with this this story. Him and Favreau may do a good job with this story. They have it all set up and everything, but if they're doing the Zahn trilogy which it looks like they are. I, I, I'm feeling like that old Jedi with the red. I, I feel like that's Joris Kaboth, Seboath. I don't know how they pronounce it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, um, and if they're doing clone, uh, it's like, oh, no, you can't just, you got to do it we, without you, Luke, Leia, and Han yeah. again. And, and also the fact that somebody, 
because we're going to go on to this in a minute about Ray and Ray and um, coming back. But somebody said about how the whole somehow Palpatine returned, and somebody said, "Well, they did that in the EU," and I said, "Yeah, but in the EU, they made it. There was a, a valid explanation of what happened. That his spirit it sort of died in the where the Death Star was, and a Jedi went out and it inhabited his body, and then took possession. And it's kind of." That explains what happens, as opposed to just saying somehow, you know. And so, when it's well written and stuff, and then like you say, if they're now going to try and do that Thrawn trilogy, but you don't have, <laughs> but you don't have like Janice and Jason, which were Han and Luke's twin kids, and then also J- Ben, Jaina, Jaina, sorry, and but then and uh, Ben. Yes, right. They named sorry, yes, the third Anakin, one was Anakin. Yeah, they didn't yeah, name him Ben at, because they because were like, the, why would the they Emperor, name him Ben? Yeah, that's true. That creepy old dude who used to drag around with Luke all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, with Anakin, um, he gets possessed by the by the Emperor in in that Thrawn trilogy, and it works really well. But now you haven't got any of these characters because they've decided well, to just dump not the Thrawn the, trilogy. The I think that happened later in some EU. But the actual Thrawn trilogy is is very well put together, uh, very well done. I can. Well, that did happen in the Thrawn trilogy. No, no, not maybe in the sequel to the Thrawn trilogy, but no, Jaina and Jason were born in the Thrawn trilogy, and Anakin wasn't born yet. Oh, okay, sorry, it's been a while since I read them. So. Yeah, but you have all but those that, that whole thing with those uh, those uh, those creatures that uh, a force that were flock. that were serving. Yeah, that that yeah. Rook was his personal bodyguard. They turns out they were lying to him the whole time and all that. Figured out how to you know Leia had this whole thing going on. She had the thing with uh, the the Bothans, you know, the Bothan ambassador yeah. who's just there was a lot of good stuff and it was very, very well put together. It was a it was it expanded, it made the 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 story's more complex, but it still was a good trilogy that all worked. I, I Mara Jade was a great addition. Um, yes, yes. Uh, Talon Card was a great addition, and there was a lot of good stuff in there. And it just, it, but ultimately, uh, I was going to say sorry to interrupt, but ultimately, what's now happened is is we're gonna we're gonna move on here too. Ray Palpatine is back. I'm never going to call her Skywalker because just because she identifies as a Skywalker doesn't make her one. But they've because they've killed Luke off. Now none of the canon can happen. I know there's a couple of good computer games like Jedi Academy and stuff where Luke is training up the Jedi and everything else. But obviously Ryan Johnson, to subvert expectations, had to turn Luke into this complete and utter wuss who gave up on everything because he thought Ben was going to go bad. And and now they've killed him off. This fucker's having a dream. <laughs> Kill him quick. Your own father murdered inter- billions. Oh, uh, he's he's redeemable. He's redeemable. This kid's having a um, dream. And and but with it, what what really struck me about this is there was a video on our channel. You can have a look at it. It's one of the shorts where Mark Hamill is saying that the Force Awakens is. There's an orphan on a dozen planet who comes across a robot who's got secret plans to a giant, you know, Death Star, and he, um, and that basically is it's it's a new hope, but with a, a girl, and now because they've taken Luke out of the picture, it's now Jay, it's now going to be Sarah Jane. I was going to call her Mary Sue. I mean, um, but it's now Ray, Ray 
who's going to be setting up the new Jedi and she's the new Luke and she's replaced Luke. And again, it's just Disney's MO of we can't have strong male characters. But the problem is, is when they killed Luke, they killed off literally their entire fan base of young guys who grew up wanting to be Luke Skywalker. And so they alienated all of these people in one foul stroke. And it was just bringing her back. It's just, it's... Don't you find it weird? You have this property with these three characters who are pretty much the reason why this property exists. And Luke, Leia, and Han have by far the least amount of screen time than anybody else. I mean, even Star Trek knew enough to bring back Picard and Tuvok and the, you know, the gang. But again, it's, it's, and I'm going to, I'm going to carry on saying this. I don't care how woke I sound, but it's, it's, it's Disney's MO of replacing the male characters with a female to try and appeal to that female audience. But the problem is, is you've got a female audience already who are quite happy to look to people like Leia and, and Mara Jade and all these other great females within the, within the, confines of the films in the EU and stuff but they forced Ray into this and she was just, she was terrible there were again people on social media saying oh she's easily one of the greatest Star Wars characters and it's like she's had zero character development, nothing happened to her, she was she was an orphan and then she was the best pilot who understood Cult. the Falcon better than Han <laughs> and Cultus. you know she could take on, she could take on a, a Sith Lord and it's just she, she, she is awful and yet some you know the, oh, I don't know like I said I still think some people actually be, again because he's got Star Wars written on it they just think yeah it's great brilliant everything well, that's, Star Wars that's the <laughs> female insecure perspective right you're just great the way you are yes queen and all that it's like no you're great because you overcame obstacles yeah, you, fa- that's, you had problems that's what people you overcame to. them and you fight them yeah yeah that's why people Oppression. love these stories yeah she didn't have to overcome shit. Yeah. Um, there was a lad on um, oh, on Wednesday, and I said on social media, I said, I don't want to watch Mandalorian, but I'm, I'm going to try and avoid it. And he said, oh, it sucks for you then. Um, he said, no, he said, oh, it sucks for you then, because it's going to be epic. And I thought, right, you're one of those people that even before you've seen it, you've already decided in your head it's brilliant. And it's just like, brilliant. What's the, what is the point of watching it? What is the what is the point of going through the whole process of watching it when you've already decided it's good, as opposed to going in with an open mind and just like I say, bringing Daisy back. I know everybody was like on their feet and going, "Oh wow, great, Daisy!" And I'm just thinking, "Oh, this is this." You know, they have they have killed off like the seals. fan base. I, yeah. You know, there there is there are there used to be in colleges anyway before they went all insane. There used to be, you know. Classes you could take on appreciation of stories and fiction and things like that. And there were reasons that a story would resonate and become great and and go throughout the decades. Uh, because there are certain tropes, there are certain things that, that are, and, and you know, I'm, I'm not the best at this, but there are literary guidelines that make stories compelling. And yeah. none of this is in... A character like Ray, but they don't understand no. this. They don't understand. They don't understand what they don't understand. They don't know what they don't know, right? Because they never 
take you know the if they've taken any classes in college it's all about gender studies or you know propaganda <laughs> yeah. nonsense right how everybody's and equal and when everybody's perfect and everybody's, everybody's wonderful the way they yeah. are yeah yeah and so you 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 take away the thing that drives people if you tell everybody that they're perfect the way they are one they don't know how to handle adversity and two they have no drive to overcome adversity because they don't understand yeah. why things aren't perfect and it's like you are you are taking away a, a fundamental part of their humanity by telling them this nonsense and then yeah. they, they, they i mean it's not just that i feel sorry for them to a certain extent because they they lap up this stuff and it's empty and they, they may be able to deal with it in their 20s the longer they go the more the emptiness is going to grow inside them and they don't even know why yeah it's. Uh, I mean, when you think, if they were to update Lord of the Rings and make Frodo and Sam girls, it would just be a case of literally walking to Mordor and going, "That's done." No, no, it wouldn't be that. It would be. It would be. You know, this really goes with my outfit. <laughs> but with it again, I can whole, handle it just fine because I'm awesome, <laughs> and she would be able to handle it just fine. And even Gollum would go, "You can keep it." <laughs> yeah. Oh, girl, it looks so much better on you. And yeah, I've been with, wrong this whole it, time, precious. The, the whole point of Lord of the Rings is about this one sort of single character of Frodo, and obviously he builds up the you know his friends and everything else who help him along. But it is the struggle that they have to get to and fighting through adversity. So you, you know, when he finally does win, you are yay, and you know it's great. Whereas, like I say, with Ray, she had none of that. It was just everything was handed to her because she was perfect. So you just sort of, uh, uh. yeah. Frodo, Frodo is compelling because of his suffering. I mean, yeah. ain't got a Jesus and, for that on Easter. I mean, why is why is Christians all around the world still, whether you believe it or not, the story of Jesus is compelling. He gets on a cross, dies for our sins. Okay, I mean, it's compelling, right? It's suffering, and he and then he gets. Yeah, kids today don't understand it, what a good characterization is. This is exactly it. No, uh, like I say, there's no struggle that most of these characters go through, and because of that, like I say, they, that's how they think life is. That there's just no struggles, and it's like, yes, it's good to have struggles. It's good to be told no. It's good to, you know, break an arm or whatever. You learn lessons from this, but like I say, this is what that they're, they're trying to protect everybody now from having hurt feelings and it's like hurt feelings makes you a better person it shapes your your personality it's not a bad thing i can't i can't believe we're we're getting to star trek 5 territory here i i don't want to lose my pain i need my pain <laughs> let's, let's well he's right on, <laughs> um andor season two now i was very critical of andor and i still say i don't like it However, I do want to go back and revisit it um, and give it a bit more of a chance. In Andor Season 2, they have said that they're going to be doing about 12 episodes again. and It's going to be kind of like a trilogy within the series, which prepares me a little better for it. So I'm kind I'm open to the idea of it, but I, again, I'm not expecting much because, like I say, I just I didn't, I didn't rate Andor. I, yeah, I mean, me. I I guess I appreciate Andor more than I like it. If that makes sense. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I, don't get, it it was good. It just wasn't my cup of tea. 
Yeah, I, I think I liked it more than you do. Um, I appreciate what they were trying to do. I appreciate that they made the Empire a, a force to be reckoned with, a, a danger and a threat. Uh, I appreciate that there was a lot more adult storytelling in there. And there wasn't any real wokeness or anything like that. So I, I appreciate all that. As far as connecting, to, so the problem is, is that Diego Luna, it's the same problem with Rogue One. It's just a plank of wood, and I'm just, I'm having trouble connecting yeah. with the guy. And I'm not invested in him, yeah. Yeah, I was more invested in Stellan Skarsgård. And, and that's, yeah, you know, it's, it's hard. Some of it just kind of gets a little too bogged down in some minutia that probably could be moved away. But it's still, it's, it's, it's like, it feels like a, a ground rule double in baseball, you know, it's like a, you, you swung for the fences. You, not bad. Could yes. It's, look, I'll take Andor over Mando season three any damn day of the week. This this is true. Uh, if I had to watch one of them back again, I would give Andor another chance. Now yeah. that I know what to expect and so forth, I would I would definitely give it another chance. It's, I think the first time it just, it, it, I didn't know what to expect. And when you think yeah. of how serious Andor was and how grown up it was, and then you compare it to like this last episode of Mando, where it's like I respect Lizzo's, your feelings and blah blah blah, and Lizzo's throwing bugs through a hoop. I'm like, oh god, and just you know, it, it's chalk and cheese. And so with Andor, like I say, maybe they're going to do more with Diego Luna than this one and actually give him a personality, um, which might be nice. Yeah, that would be, that would help. I mean, his his big move is just murdering you mid-sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. And another thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're not Greedo here. Um, so th there's that. Uh, let's move on. Uh, well, to be fair, that's all we've got to say about that. Now, the Acolyte. Again, it's one of those things where I can't get excited about it because I've seen the cast of these young people. What did they say about it? What they say they're going to do is that is is uh, I've got two stories here. Which one is it in? Uh, hang on. Size being slow. Right, I think it's in the first lot. Even more Star Wars. So I'll read what it says. Okay. <laughs> Ray Palpatine's back. Good old man. Um, the acolyte, creator, showrunner, executive producer, and director Leslie Headland, has said the series was originally pitched as Frozen meets Kill Bill. Which is not a good thing to say. Um, do you want a stroke of Wookiee? Um, it is. It was also confirmed that uh, Jonas Sumato, the backer in the first um, in the latest films, will feature as a Wookiee Jedi alongside Squid Game's Lee Jung Jae as a Jedi Master. Hedlund went on to say about George Lucas's inspiration from the old samurai movies and how this is part of the guiding principles. Yeah, that actually does sound interesting. Um, the, uh, they confirmed that four episodes have been completed so far, and Hedlund spoke about the plot. Quoting, it is the bad. It's about the bad guys, as we set, and it's set between the High Republic and the prequel era, with plenty of Jedi. This is where the bad guys are um, are outnumbered and the underdogs. So, I mean, that actually sounds all right. If he, because I mean. <laughs> Have you ever seen Hidden Fortress? Akira Kurosawa's Hidden Fortress. I, I haven't. I'm, I'm familiar with it, 
because of you know its place in history, it is, but I haven't sat and watched it yet. It is basically Star Wars. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the, the yeah. story is told from two servants who run into a farm boy who helps a princess escape from a dark lord. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's a brilliant. Gonna rip movie. off, and rip I mean, off from the best. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, you know. And, uh, I mean, if they did go with this old-school samurai stuff of, of actually sort of, you know, flinging around laser swords and everything else, then I would be quite happy with that. But it's can, just, again, it's... it's frozen what? meets Kill Bill. I just hear the song. Let it go. Uh, so... <laughs> okay. Stop. Stop, please. Stop. My eyes are because Just shooting fun. <laughs> somebody, some, somebody said in the comments just to read the comments. Frozen meets Kill Bill, so the heroine doesn't have any um, have to train brutally for several years to overcome any obstacles except for her own yeah. self-limiting behaviour. And again, it's kind of that's what Frozen was about. You know that when you, uh, you know, don't get me wrong, Frozen is 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 a fairly good piece of entertainment. The songs are good and stuff, but I mean, again, it's just about a woman who just is great at being a woman. And so again, if that's what the acolyte's going to be like. I I'm confused by them. So I don't know if that Leslie Headland is the one I was talking about last week. And for those of you who didn't hear last week, basically the showrunner was going to do the acolyte. She got let go. She was given a $5,000 check. Now she's suing Lucasfilm. They didn't have the money to give her. I thought the acolyte was on the back burner, but now it's being announced. Now we could probably, mm. We could, if we had a nickel for every Star Wars project that was announced that never got anywhere, we'd be rich. But there's, <laughs> there's still, there's, I, I find it odd, and I just, I feel like this whole Star Wars celebration is a lot of throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks more than it is actual stuff that's coming out. I, I wouldn't be surprised it's, if any you, and uh, all of this you, gets you, canceled. You've, have you seen um, the American Office? Have you seen like? All of the episodes, in there. yeah, it's yeah. One particular episode that came to mind where where Michael is telling Dwight and teaching him how to talk, and he's sort of saying, "Just go out there and say whatever you like," because nobody's listening. <laughs> and it's just this is what celebration is like. It's just go out there and say a load of stuff and put up a load of photos and bring out Daisy Ridley, and everybody will just hey, you know. And they they literally could be saying, "Oh, we're now gonna." Uh, you know, kill off all the main characters, and we're also going to do so and so, and 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 everybody's just like going, "Yay!" But look, it's Hugh McGregor, ah, you know. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're bringing out people and and trotting them out, and you know, I see Carl Weathers out there. I see uh, Katie Sackoff and a couple of others, and you know, they're doing all their contractually obligated responsibilities for this. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I noticed that that Mark Hamill and and the rest of them are like, I'm out. Sequels are done. I'm out. <laughs> you know. So I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but it's it's funny because somebody said somebody said with Daisy Ridley walking out the, the crowd went well when, when Kathleen Kennedy, Kennedy came out there's a great video and she comes out there were a few people cheering but it cuts to the crowd and there's literally one guy going <laughs> just like talking because he's just like Kathleen Kennedy but they said if you brought Mark Hamill out the place would have just erupted you know because yeah. people still love Mark they still love Luke but yet he's been killed off now because yeah, I love, we don't I need love Luke. no man Mark Hamill is a uh... Is a yeah, lunatic, yeah. but uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I'm just kind of confused by this acolyte thing. I, I'm going to, I'm going to put my flag in the ground right here. I'm going to say the acolyte is not going to get made. 
I'm going to say it's bullshit. So it's you could you could mark this shit. Like I say, you you can't you can't like I say that the amount of times they've announced stuff. Like I say with Ryan Johnson, I bet he still sat. Oh, excuse me, he still sat by the phone, sort of like, oh hello, oh is that Kathleen? No, no, I don't want to make money on uh, savings on long distance calls. No, okay, thanks. Okay, bye. Yeah, <laughs> you know, in just <laughs> um, with him. Um, what's that, bunny rabbit, rabbit? Uh, thumbs up, Spock. Oh, Easter. Easter. Happy Easter for Star Trek fans. Oh, I like that. Sound like, well done. Thank you. Be quite clever. <laughs> glad, um, you, glad you figured out those hieroglyphics. I need a Rosetta Stone. I'm obviously on the same mental wavelength, so I'm sorry about that, Scanner. Um, the other one was Skeleton Crew. Again, it's just kind of. At, at this point, it's, I haven't. I genuinely haven't looked up much about it because to me, it's just more content. More content. Um, let me find if I've got it on here. Yeah, this is the problem with Skeleton Crew. I might have got these a bit confused. Kennedy compared this to the classic Ambi um, Amblin tales, saying about kids, but not necessarily a kids show. Filming is finished, and the show is in post-production. The story is apparently a, um, the story was apparently Spider-Man Helmer John Watts' idea that he pitched to John Favreau while they were working together on Spider-Man. Jude Law plays a Jedi hanging, uh, hiding out, and he is joined, and he joined the cast and crew on stage. Oh, okay, so right, um, Jude Law came out. I was six years old when the galaxy grip first gripped me. Hang on, it's reading is terrible. I was six years old when this galaxy gripped me for the first time. I have been preparing ever since. This is a dream come true. But that's kind of what they said about it. Um, more in-room only footage was shown featuring space pirates and X-Wings. Skeleton crew is at the end of the year. But again, it's just kind of... It's more content. You know, it's just another... Is it is someone else for you to watch? Because we didn't have a schedule fill. Uh, at the end of the year, so this is a this is a this is something I fill up. I I, you know, I got to say, I mean, this again, has... it might King, uh, uh, it might be good because I I want to watch it just whether it's going to be good. Yeah, I mean, I look at this and I go, I just have zero interest. It doesn't even register with me. I Setlick says the acolyte four episodes of the acolyte are in the can. Okay, well. We'll see. It's happening, huh? Well, okay. So far, so far. Uh, I hope. I hope that, um, I so hope that former showrunner sues them into oblivion. I really do. Uh, and then Blue the last Beetle, thing that we, oh, I, I want to read a couple of dis discuss stuff. Uh, talking about Star Wars on Easter Sunday. Oh. Yep. Um, I thought Disney throughout as the Star Wars. Yeah. EU stuff, but they're now going to defile Heir to the Empire. Make up your minds, assholes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Blue Beetle director hates white people and tweeted he hopes Trump gets assassinated. He'll be directing Star Wars and MCU shit before you can say Ted Core. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen his comments on them on uh, Twitter and stuff, and it is kind of seriously uh, just shut up. What is Batman wrong with is a you? fascist. Uh, okay, I'm done. And then uh, the these... last one, then move. Got no, got moving on. The last one is, or oh, we got another comment. Uh, the get 
High Republic is Kathleen Kennedy's crowning achievement. She will leave after that. We can all hope and pray that's true. Again, the comments on social media have been quite funny because it's kind of like um, Kathleen Kennedy came out at Star Wars Celebration and all the comments were, to announce her retirement? Is she going to retire? I hope somebody says she's going to retire. <laughs> Just like everybody wants to get rid of her. Um, Matt, who's not here today, but his son has been to the Star Wars convention. He, had a, he, he caught a photo of John Favreau walking through the thing, which is quite blurry, but you can see it was John. But he also said his son's got a signed badge of Kathleen Kennedy. And it was like, I said, and I don't advocate this, so please don't do this on my say-so, but I said, he didn't punch her in the throat then. <laughs> he said no. And I said, if I'd <laughs> been to that convention, I'd have gone up to Kathleen Kennedy with my badge and my pen and just sort of looked at her and gone, and walked off. <laughs> no, nope. it was just like, yeah, you know, I, do, I don't, no, I don't want anything to do with you. You're a horrible, horrible woman. I probably I, would I, have been I, 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 if, Yeah, if I could guess, like, why do you hate me? I'd really like yeah. to know. Why do you hate what me so much? What am I What did I do to you? You seem to have a good career based on my ticket sales. Why do you? Why are you so pissed at me? What did I do? Yeah, uh, you've, you've probably just, quite a good probably life. Just, 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 I, I don't I, oh yeah, I, I just filmed the whole thing and then just let it go viral. <laughs> but the other news was James Mangold apparently is looking at doing a Star Wars. Now, obviously, he's been working with Kathleen Kennedy for the last uh, few months, year or so, doing Indiana Jones 5, which makes me wonder that <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy, by the sounds of things, if rumours would be to believed that Kathleen Kennedy wanted to ruin Indiana Jones and make it woke, but it sounds like James Mangold didn't want that to happen. If they were at loggerheads, would they want to work together again? Does that mean that James Mangold has signed up for some Star Wars movies, but with the knowledge that Kathleen Kennedy won't be there? It's I don't know. You know, I'm, I, I don't. I am hearing too much about how Kathleen's out of the way. John Favreau's taken over. James Filoni has taken over. No, she's not going. She's going. She's got manga. <sighs> You know what? It's all bullshit until something actually happens at this point. I, I don't, I mean, what What else can we say? It doesn't, there's no real, there, nobody's going to be held accountable. Disney has already gotten rid of people that are anti-woke. So, I, you know, Kathleen's one of them. I, I'm kind of like, I. she's there as long as she wants to be at this point. I know I said last week that if... Indiana Jones doesn't make X amount of money that she may be on the chopping block, but the more I hear, the more I listen to it, the more, you know, I see her, see her getting trotted out in this Star Wars celebration pretty prominently. I, I just like going, I, she's not going anywhere until she either wants to or dies. And that's just like, I, uh, it's, it seems in Hollywood, you just, you will constantly fail up. No matter how much of a failure you make something, yeah, you fail up. And you just carry on working and get promoted for some strange reason, unlike any other business in the entire world. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing, like I said, I see a blip here for Picard for Star Trek in general. I like it. That's great. I I see no blips for anything on the Disney side anymore. I don't see anything that's coming out. They go, that looks actually very good. Or even if it kind of does, I have no faith that it actually will be. Like you said, Secret Invasion, right? I 
I, I don't buy it. I don't believe that it's going to be any good. I just don't. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier had some pretty good trailers, and it looked more serious, like that kind of thing. And look what a shit show that turned out to be. So I, I don't, I just, I have no faith in Disney to do anything properly anymore. And what a shame. I mean, a great American company that made family entertainment for generations has just completely crapped the bed. And I don't understand. Do you know what? That, I have said that so many times that Walt Disney. When in 1935, 36, people said you could make a full-length feature film, he said, yes, I can. And he put his house on the line, he put his whole reputation on the line, and he did it. And he, you know, he was a creative genius. I know he had his faults and stuff, but the guy was a creative genius. And so to be able to do all that and everything was, you know, he, to what the company has become now, it's just, I can't get my head around it. But, you know, he was all about creativity and intellectual expression and all this kind of stuff. And now the money, now the company is just about making money and pandering to, to the loudest screamers and so forth. I'm not even sure it's about money. making money because they're losing money hand over fist. You know, Lightyear died a horrible death. The Strange World died a horrible death. The, the Quantumania way underperformed. I, I mean, they they are making movies for each other at this point, so they can show how awesome and virtuous they are at their damn parties. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Well, woke, woke points, points are valuable yeah. in Hollywood. They're worthless everywhere else. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, and and, and I'm like, and, going, and, okay, but this has got to. You cannot spend woke points like you said. You you got to have millions of dollars. And sooner <laughs> or later, investors are going to pull out of. They're just they're just going to sell their shares. And nobody's going to want to buy them, and then the stock's going to tank, and where are they going to be? That's going to happen at some point. And they can't coast on Star Wars and MCU forever. And if they don't course correct, and I don't really have any faith in Bob Iger to course correct anything, I, I guess that's the end of Disney. I don't know what else to say. I mean, it, you, you, that which cannot continue will not continue. With it, though, I don't think... I wouldn't say it was the end of Disney, but again, coming back to Doomcock and rumours. But, I mean, he said that maybe Disney are looking at San and Lucasfilm, which would give them a boost of money, and it might then give somebody else a chance who, who respects the property a bit more to actually give us what the fans want and try and get rid of that stain of... of you know, the pre Are you talking about somebody else buying Disney, or...? Well, a, a, I didn't see the video, I must admit, but the video implied that Disney might be set looking to sell Lucasfilm. Well, I, honestly, they need to sell Disney. Somebody needs... We need a, We need an Elon Musk to take over Disney, you know? But it's too It's too expensive. I don't know he hasn't who got could buy it. <laughs> well, he's... Uh, he, no, he's got plenty. According to the but, Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think he has that much. And the other people no. that do have that much, they're not no they're not going to be any better, yeah. or yeah, they're not going to be any better. So then I go, okay, well, who could buy? Did, I mean, you may be able to get a venture group like a like a investment group together of, of like minded people who want to you know maybe you could do a hostile takeover that way. But Disney's got to get devalued quite a bit before that happens, and. Yeah, the theme price to come down. Yeah, they're out of that. They're they're terribly expensive. Well, 
How much was that Star Wars Hotel? That Star Wars Hotel, just to say, was was like five grand. For a family for a weekend or something crazy? I mean, I was like per person. It was ridiculous. Right. No, not Amazon, because we've just seen what they've done to Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I don't. Amazon is a little more mercenary about their stuff. They will do woke stuff, but they will also do stuff like uh, Reacher or Bosch. This so is true, you know, yeah. there is there is good stuff out there, but Jeff Bezos, I don't see that we're not, you know, we're talking about people like that actually would crusade to bring back something that is good for the country. That is because our culture is something that we export, right? I mean, let's face it, we don't export cars and shit anymore, but we do export culture, uh, like it or dislike it america exports the vast majority of culture across the world and that is not something i I mean it's harder to put a value on it like you put a value on gold or a car or something tangible but this you know getting this this culture exported is something that we need people who understand that the culture needs to be something more than just a money-making possibility. Now, I hesitate saying that because then you got people who are saying, well, yeah, that's what we're trying to do, put on all our moral values. But your moral values are about giving sex change and castrations to children. So, I mean, you guys are lunatics. We need somebody who's got like a, somebody who, free free speech and all that kind of stuff. The problem is, is, is there are people out there who have the creativity and it's like you say yes they've got to make money at the end of the day i completely understand that hollywood and movies always been about ultimately making money yes you create pieces of art now and then but you you've got to make the money to make the films but it's having somebody who can i forgot what, <laughs> talking so long i forgot what i was going to say now uh, um you've got to have people who have got that creativity to be able to do that and that just seems to be the problem that this younger generation have been brought up on tiktok and stuff like that this 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 kind of mindless dribble that we see on tiktok and these are the people that are going to be our creatives for the next few years unfortunately well it is it is a complex tapestry isn't it because i talk about what are we educating our kids now well we're certainly not educating them in the in the greats of literacy the understanding of why great literature is great literature why well, great fact, film is great film they're trying to change the they're, they're trying to change books and ban books and stuff aren't they instead of exactly instead of teaching so them they from don't that. they don't have a good understanding of how these things work or why they work. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't some kids out there that, I mean, like me, I mean, I really learned a lot of this stuff or really started studying this stuff well after school. So, I mean, it is possible, but it, we certainly are see, now they have to get rid of all the sludge that was thrown into their brain first before they could open up their mind to understanding why these stories are great stories, why these films are great films, and so on and so forth. What makes good characterization, all that kind of stuff. So you need to do that. Then you get people educated enough, you're going to pull out some talent out of there that actually takes those lessons and understands how to write new stories from them. If you don't have those people getting educated on that stuff, then you don't have great talent. What, what I say that they're all they, the only thing they know is is therapy sessions. That's, that's it. That's all they know. And what is therapists? I'll tell them you're great as the way you are. What are our doctors doing? They're chopping off kids' uh, genitals so they can feel better about themselves or something. It's all swirling around this you know, the culture and the 
the education, the academics, and the intelligence. It's all swirling around this, this <laughs> down the toilet bowl. And yeah. until somebody breaks out of that, until some of these institutions break out of that or we build new institutions, we're going to have a rough time for entertainment for a long time. Um, I mean, there are creative people out there who are still making films and stuff, but it's just few and far between. You kind of got to get through the swell to find that pearl, you know. And uh, so it does. It does happen. There are still good stuff out there, but like you say, the creativity at the moment—it's just—it's—it's it's horrible to see. You know that these these like I say, I still say that there are people out there, like I say, cultists or whatever you want to call them, that are watching these new Star Wars and think it's the greatest thing ever because they're just so creatively bankrupt in their own entertainment that they just don't know what entertainment is one that's got, I don't know if you guys get over there there's a TV show over here called Gogglebox and it's just people watching TV and reacting to it this is what's entertainment now <laughs> you know the reaction video and stuff and again you know the reaction video to Indiana Jones and stuff it's not about the creativity that's gone into Indiana Jones it's just somebody they're going oh, oh my gosh you know and all this it's like this is this is what entertainment is now you know, it's it's awful. Yeah, I remember when that first Force Awakens trailer came out, came out, and there was the novelty of seeing reaction videos to people reacting to it. This is before I knew what would happen to Star Wars, and I had optimism and hope, and I still had a soul. Um, but you know that wore off very quickly it's like oh that was cool seeing people react to this thing that's coming back after 40 years or whatever great now it's just like give me the clicks give me the clicks it's almost as if people will only make videos and live streams and stuff about Star Wars just to get the likes and clicks because of the celebration and so on So anyway, talking about the philosophy of Plato, <laughs> chapter one, this will take a while. <laughs> Plato, no, that's a, that's the plastic stuff that you can mold into shapes, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, that's Play-Doh. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was way off. <laughs> Okie doke. Yeah, I mean, we're going to continue to be, because uh, I really don't know what else to do other than try to, uh, uh, some of this is my therapy session, try to think of how do we get ourselves out of this? How do we get our kids out that's of really, this? That's a really good point, because my, my favorite one about that is actors no longer act, they just represent the audience. My favorite one about that was how some people said it was shameful Brendan Frazier to put on a fat suit and play a fat man in The Whale because it should have been played by an overweight actor <laughs> and it's like you do know that the story is about a man who is so unbelievably unfit that he's going to die you, you do know that right and that's who you want to actually play the role <laughs> yeah <laughs> and after he got done with shooting he killed himself <laughs> <laughs> It's crazy. Apparently, it, it really got to him. <laughs> if if you are watching this, if you do, if you are watching this later, there's no need to tell us what miserable old sods we are. We know. Yes. <laughs> Just sorry, some of the comments have been coming up. So, <laughs> where, where are you seeing that? Is that on the? Oh no, just in general, you know. <laughs> okay. 
people are people are like I say are just sort of like oh yeah miserable old men worrying about movies and the worst line. It's like yeah because you know if we don't nobody will because uh, obviously the new generation will just swallow down anything that's given to them and it's all perfect and brilliant. Yeah, I, I I guess I'm weird. I would like to see our younger generation not be satisfied with corporate swill. Uh, you know, have you to been, have higher sorry. standards than that. I'm just going to say, have you been responding to any of the comments that have been coming through on YouTube? I, I've responded to some of them. Uh, the last video that we did on Kathleen Kennedy blew up so much. I got so many comments. Like, I, I can't. According to the website, we've got 294 notifications. So yeah. good luck with that. <laughs> there, was, there was some. I think Setlick was actually, it might have been you, I, maybe not, but I think somebody was, they were having a conversation. Uh, within the comments, oh, I see. which I thought was, that was fun, uh, so I just stood back and you know, hey, you guys got your thing going, but uh, yeah, I, I answered a few of them, and most of them were kind of like, yeah, we agree that kind of stuff, uh, but yeah, it's just I, I guess just depressing. That, like that's I said. a good comment. If you don't want us to be miserable at movies, start making better and better movies. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. That's what we're trying to say. Then just final comment there from say Sam Setlick. Now, luckily, I was typecast as the bad guy. I'm a white male. <laughs> Could probably land up well because we're still acting. There's going to come a time when you won't be able to, Matt. So get in there quick. Uh, there, yeah. Setlick. Right. Okay. Uh, would you like to wrap up for us, please, Yoda? Certainly. This was a, this was we we went through a lot this time, didn't we? I was kind of surprised. So I got a lot to. This is only part one. Week. We're going to have a little break and come back for another six hours. You enjoy that. I'm going to bed. <laughs> so thank you very much. Uh, remember, visit us at lastmovieoutpost.com with all the latest in movie news, streaming news, and everything cool about film. We are the cool news now. You can reach us on Twitter at, at @movieoutpost. He he is at Boba Phil. Uh, I'm at Drunken Yoda One, and at Mad Eggie Wegs. If he ever shows up again, we'll be also here. Also Facebook. That'd be so good if my hand Outpost. actually came in there. <laughs> ow! Ow! <laughs> Sorry, go on. Uh, yes. Yeah, we, we should yes. have Matt and Sean back with us soon. Cool. So, yep, it's been fun. We still got it done in two hours, so that's awesome. So, thank you, Phil. You got anything uh, anything to wrap up with? Nope. Uh, been a nice, quiet week. I'm now relaxing and chilling. Um, and apart from that, like I say, no, just just keep uh, keep up to date with us on the on the website. Yes, and please remember, I, I, I would love it if, if you guys like this, to share, like, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. Many of you probably already are, but you know, let's, let's get the word out there. We really do want to become more of an independent voice in entertainment news and media, and uh, uh, not just our YouTube channel, but we also have the website where we do news every day, and I, I think we do a pretty good job of keeping up with all that, so be out there. Thank you very much, Setlick. Uh, I do appreciate you... Uh, your, your your kind comments and we will continue to do the best we can so thank you all very much for watching and we will see you on the next stream